0: Good morning, and again, happy Feast of Pentecost. You know, comparatively speaking, our celebrations of Pentecost sometimes can be a bit bland in the modern era in the United States. I mean, we sing songs about the Holy Spirit as we close the Easter season. We wear red vestments. We sing the sequins. Red vestments, of course, reminding us of the tongues of fire that descended upon the apostles. We have beautiful red banners like the ones in our sanctuary today. Some churches encourage the faithful people of God to wear red to mass. And I always think of that sim- simple tradition on the Saturday night before Pentecost. Yeah, not useful, Richard. Too late, right? I looked up what other people and other countries have done throughout history to celebrate Pentecost Sunday. In some parts of the world, Pentecost is also referred to as Sunday or White Sunday, referring to the white vestments that are typically worn, say, in Britain or Ireland that are symbolic of the Holy Spirit descending in the form of a dove. On that Sunday, uh, future catechumens desiring baptism wear white vesture on that day as well as a symbol of their desire to enter into formation and in the purity of baptism. In Asia, it's typical to have an extra service on Pentecost Sunday, after Mass, called the genuflection during which poems and prayers are recited and hymns are sung to the Holy Spirit. In Russia, Mass goers often carry flowers with them and green branches during Pentecost services, as do the Polish the Ukrainians and Germans, representing the new life that the Holy Spirit brings. But the French, leave it to the French, medieval French churches knew how to celebrate Pentecost. They retold the Pentecost story in dramatic fashion. Historical accounts tell us, for example, that when the priest intoned the words, come Holy Ghost, trumpets would blow, signifying the violent wind of the Holy Spirit in which the scriptures speak of in our first reading today. At the same time, choir boys would hiss and hum, make odd noises with wind instruments, and rattle the benches in the high church liturgy in which they participated. I'm sure it was a favorite Sunday of the liturgical year for the choir boys. Then from a hole in the ceiling above the sanctuary called the Holy Ghost Hole, a great swinging disc from a beautiful image of the dove would descend and remain suspended above the sanctuary during the Pentecost liturgy. And then from that same opening, a shower of roses representing the Holy Spirit and his gifts and water symbolizing baptism would flow. I mean, wow, we don't have anything like that. Pentecost is still most symbolically dramatized at the Pantheon in Rome today. The Pantheon is a temple that precedes Christian faith that was baptized, if you will. It's a round building with a round hole cut in the ceiling and in the roof that stays open year-round. So it rains? It rains into the Pantheon. If the sun is shining, it shines into the Pantheon. But on Pentecost, firemen scale the roof of the Pantheon At the end end of Mass, they slowly drop seven large bags of rose petals from the ceiling that represent the gifts of the Holy Spirit. That is wisdom, understanding, counsel, fortitude, knowledge, piety, and fear of the Lord. And suddenly I asked about our skylights to our, our maintenance guys and was summarily shot down. They have no imagination and no flair for the dramatic, I have to say. But not all of the celebratory ideas were good ones. In the 13th century, French cathedrals would release pigeons, white pigeons, inside church buildings. Okay, without being crass, logically speaking, there's a problem with that idea that I will leave to your imagination. And here's the worst idea yet. Some towns in Central Europe dropped pieces of burning straw representing the flaming tongues of fire of Pentecost. Not a good idea in the Middle Ages and not a good idea today. I mean, can you imagine the insurance company and what they would think of that idea? So why these grand celebrations throughout the world and throughout our history? Because it's our birthday. Pentecost is the birth of the church, Previous to Pentecost and before Jesus' first appearance in the upper room, the apostles were safely tucked away, where those who had been who had crucified the Lord couldn't easily find them. What should they do now that Jesus was dead? What they did know was that for the time being, they were in a safe place in the upper room on Easter Sunday. The Acts of the Apostles tell us that they remained there really for 50 days, thus the name Pentecost. But safety isn't part of the apostolic job description. They were safe until the Lord called them out, breathing on them like the Father had breathed life into Adam in the Old Testament. As the Father has sent me, so I send you to proclaim to Jesus Christ in a sometimes hostile world. In the Acts of the Apostles, when the Holy Spirit descended, the Apostles immediately left the safety of the upper room, a startling change of behavior. After preaching to the ends of the known world, nearly all perished in martyrdom, following the Lord's example, giving up earthly safety for the rich promises of the kingdom. You know, it's easy for us to stay in the safe place like the upper room. It's easy to cling to our comfort as human beings, but Christ continually calls us out of the upper room of our lives. Our safe places or upper rooms are any situation where we'd rather hide our Christian identity and duty. What serious Christian hasn't been troubled by gospel demands today? We might be canceled, after all, or criticized in the political correctness of our world in which we live. Why do we have to be morally different? Why do we have to challenge secularism? Why do I have to stick out like a sore thumb in opposition to the ways of the world? Pentecost continues in the church today. The church and her members are not supposed to be cowering, inward-looking people of private and personal faith. Like the apostles, the church, filled with the gifts of the Holy Spirit, launches herself into the world. It's not to say that we have it down perfectly. Maybe we're a little frightened. Maybe we don't have a polished faith. In fact, Proclaiming the good news is often how we clarify what it is that we believe and how we are to live it. Yet we Catholics often resist the aspect of our faith. My faith is private, we say. At Pentecost, the apostles went out into the streets and preached the truth of the gospel in the various languages of those who gathered, which brings two things to mind. First, It allowed their listeners to hear the gospel in their own language. We should never underestimate the importance of speaking the truth in a way that can truly be heard and believed, removing every barrier which could prevent understanding. This highlights the role of every person in the work of evangelization, that is, teenagers can talk to other teenagers, moms to other moms, dads to other dads, business people to other business people, intellectuals to intellectuals, and so on. We all have a role, and Pentecost reminds us. Secondly, there is allusion to the Tower of Babel. Pentecost and the gifts of the Holy Spirit had the opposite effect to when men tried to build the Tower of Babel to make themselves equal to God. As a punishment, God sent a lack of understanding of each other's languages, which broke up and fragmented the human race. But the gifts of the Holy Spirit, by contrast, is one of understanding, one of unity, and one of peace that we need today. In other words, as sin has separated, grace has united. The Holy Spirit's movement awes me at at our parish and throughout the church. Every day I see our church flourishing and the many people who strive for holiness. And we see the healing and reconciliation of the sacramental life. But God doesn't just call us to proclaim the good news. Rather, he gives us the ability to proclaim the good news. The Spirit allows us to speak with our lives in the language of God's love, a language in which we can all take part. Today, we pray that inspired by the Holy Spirit, we might have the courage of our Christian convictions. Today, we pray that we will be people of Pentecost.